Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be Only take down the King of Israel. Only go after Him. The strategy that He commanded would come to fulfill Micaiah's prophecy that the Israelites would would run home without a master. Now, you see how the Lord used even the king of Aram to execute his plan of judgment against Ahab. You can see how all of creation has to submit to God, and they think they're doing their own thing. They're not. They're actually serving God's will. Jehoshaphat was the only guy that was dressed in royal clothing. So the Aramanian army, they thought he was Ahab, king of Israel. What I'm trying to present to you here is here's a battle, and Jehoshaphat and Ahab are both in this same battle together, but Jehoshaphat did not have God's judgment on him. Only Ahab had God's judgment upon him. So the Lord used their enemy's tactics to both spare Jehoshaphat's life, and then when they realized it was not Ahab, they left him alone to turn to go find Ahab. I hope you can realize how the Lord protects those that he has marked for saving, and he targets those that he has marked for destruction. And they're all in the same battle, in the same same circumstances, but they had a different marking on them from the Lord. Fascinating stuff. 1 Kings 22 and 34. But someone drew his bow at random and hit the king of Israel between the sections of his armor. The king told his chariot driver, Wheel around and get me out of the fighting. I've been wounded. All day long the battle raged, and the king was propped up in his chariot facing the Arameans. The blood from his wound ran onto the floor of the chariot, and that evening he died. As the sun was setting, a cry spread through the army, Every man to his town, every man to his land. Okay, so it all came to fulfillment, exactly what was said. But now this arrow, it was shot by some guy way off in the distance, and it had no business from a random guy actually striking the king. But it did. It came and it striked two, between two sections of his, of his armor, and the two different sections, they, they couldn't have been more than a half of an inch of a gap apart from each other, but bullseye. That arrow was led by the Lord all the way across the battlefield from however far away it was shot, right through the heart, right between the sections of armor. You can't get away from God's judgment once he's pronounced it. Ahab was dead. Everybody ran home without a master, just like Micaiah had warned in verse 17 when he said, I saw Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. These have no master, let each return to his house in peace. And that's why they cried out, everybody go home. So 
at the time when Micaiah gave the warning, nobody believed him. But he said, mark my words, all you people, and to think that all Ahab had to do was listen. That's all he had to do. 1 Kings 22 and 37. So the king died and was brought to Samaria, and they buried him there. They washed the chariot at a pool in Samaria where the prostitutes bathed and the dogs licked up his blood, as the word of the Lord had declared. As for the other events of Ahab's reign, including all he did, the palace he built and adorned with ivory, and the cities he fortified, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Israel? Ahab rested with his ancestors, and Ahaziah his son succeeded him as king. Okay, you know, a lot of people would have probably heard this story back in that day, and they would have said, there is no way this story can actually be real. It's just, it's too out out there. I'm not buying it. But that's why the text offers us a verification. It says, you can look it up in the book of the kings of Israel if you don't believe this. It is in the official record. Check it out for yourself. So King Ahab, he made a bloody mess in his chariot. They went and took it to wash it out in the pool. And the blood was disrespected as it flowed down into the water where the dogs and the prostitutes were bathing, just the despised people and the despised animals. His blood was disrespected. His blood was violated because it ran into that filthy water, that sinfully rejected place where the the rejects the rejects went. And so Ahab's judgment, we see that he went from a high place of royal honor. He was brought down to the most despised place of filth and sin. And this was another fulfillment of prophecy, what happened to Ahab from 1 Kings 21 and 19. The Lord said through his man, the dogs shall lick your blood, even yours. See, the king would have said, oh, there ain't no way that's going to happen to me. I'm a king. When I die, the guards are going to surround my casket, and I'm going to have this grand funeral. I'm going to be buried with honor. And the Lord said, no, dogs are going to lick your blood, even yours. Even though you're a king, this is going to happen. First Kings 22 and 41. Jehoshaphat, son of Asa, became king of Judah in the fourth year of Ahab, king of Israel. Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother's name was Azuba, daughter of Shelai. In everything, he followed the ways of his father Asa and did not stray from them. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. The high places, however, were not removed, and the people continued to offer sacrifices and burn incense there. Jehoshaphat was also at peace with the king of Israel. As for the other events of Jehoshaphat's reign, the things he achieved, and his military exploits. Are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Judah? He rid the land of the rest of the male shrine prostitutes who remained there even after the reign of his father Asa. There was then no king in Edom. A provincial governor ruled. So we can see that Jehoshaphat did a pretty good reign. He reigned 25 years, and he did some good things. He started off good. He didn't do everything 100% right, but Overall, he did pretty well. That's what the summary is we're given here, verse 48. Now Jehoshaphat built a fleet of trading ships to go to Ophir for gold, but they never set sail. They were wrecked at Ezion-Geber. At that time, Ahaziah, son of Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, 
let my men sail with yours. But Jehoshaphat refused. Then Jehoshaphat rested with his ancestors and was buried with them in the city of David his father. And Jehoram, his son, succeeded him as king. Ahaziah, son of Ahab, became king of Israel in Samaria in the seventeenth year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and he reigned over Israel two years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, because he followed the ways of his father and mother and of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who caused Israel to sin. He served and worshipped Baal and aroused the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, just as his father had done. So you got some bad kings. They didn't last very long, two years. Uh, You got bad kings, good kings going on here. Now, I know that it looks like Jehoshaphat just suddenly died here, but remember it says he had a 25-year reign. Okay. So if you want to read more about Jehoshaphat, the Bible does talk about him more. As a matter of fact, in 2 Chronicles chapter 18, that gives the exact same story that we're reading here in 1 Kings 22. It's like a duplicate chapter. So then you can go on to 2 Chronicles 19, and you can find out what happened to Jehoshaphat when he got back home from this battle that we read about here today. Okay, what happened? The Lord sent a prophet to rebuke him for doing anything with Ahab. He went into battle with Ahab. Remember, I said, why is he even going in? I I can't understand what his reasons were. Well, that prophet was standing there to rebuke him. You should have never, why did you do anything with this guy? Okay. And so that's why when we hit 1 Kings 22, verse 48, it talks about he had some fleet ships. They sank. They were going to be sent off for trade, but they sank and they never did sail. And it said that Ahab's son, Ahaziah, offered to help him out. And Jehoshaphat said, no way, Jose, I'm not doing anything with you at all. He wanted no part of anybody that came from Ahab's line. So from the other book that I told you that you could read where he gets rebuked for doing any business with Ahab, you can see here in 1 Kings 22 why he said no on this shipping venture. He didn't want to have anything to do. He, he learned his lesson with Ahab's line, and he knew how to tell better right from wrong. Remember, he sensed something was wrong with the 400 but he didn't sense anything about going into war with Ahab. Now he knows better. I'm not doing anything even with your son. I'm not having any of this. So we had 400 prophets who were all lying, but only Micaiah knew what was true. So how can you determine what's true from from what's really not true, especially when the majority, when most people are saying what is not true? How are you supposed to know? Jesus said in John 8, 31, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Friends, this is why you need to know God's word. Okay, we saw Jehoshaphat. He sort of knew right from wrong. I sent something wrong here with the 400, but he ended up going into battle, and he almost got himself killed over it. And he got a sharp rebuke when he got home, okay. But what what about you in your own life that you still live here on this earth? You've got to know better right from wrong. You've got to know God's Word. This is why you should meet with a body of believers at your church every week, not just Sundays. Go do everything they do together. Go have dinner with them, whatever. Get among believers and study that Bible. 
Don't just get your Bible study off of me on Set for Life. Don't just get it from your pastor. You need to put in your own study time. Get into God's Word. Abide in it. That means live in it. Walk in it. Get into it. Read it. Speak it. Think it. Do it. Believe it. Okay? There are millions of people out there. They think their sin is okay because in their prayers, they heard somebody tell them, it's okay. It's good. Go do that. It's fine. They don't abide in God's word. They don't know what God says is sin or is not sin. Okay. So when you don't abide in God's word, you can't know the truth. So when you hear somebody tell you, yeah, go do it, go do it. The majority says it. Oh, my God in my prayer said I should go do it, but you don't have the discernment. You're not abiding in God's word. So what's happening is you're listening to the same lying spirit that tricked Ahab and all 400 of his prophets. This is 400 men and a king. These guys ain't stupid. I mean, they're spiritually stupid, but they were reasonably smart guys, and even they were tricked into this. Don't listen to those lying spirits. You know, we need more Micaiahs out there. We need more guys that will get out there and stand for the truth of God's word without compromise. Because I know you're thinking, I don't like the many parts of the Bible because it just doesn't agree with what the majority says. You turn on the news, the the media is saying that abortion's okay, homosexuality is okay, cursing Israel is okay. It's not okay. God's word says it's wrong. Alcoholism, drug abuse, filthy mouths, lying. There's a whole lot of things just looking up. It's all in there. It's wrong, and yet the media shows us all that we. it's okay to do it. It's in our movies, in our TV shows. It's, it's all over the place. Yeah, it's okay. Go do it. And you're going to listen to the majority if you don't have God's word that you're abiding by. You're going to fall for that lying spirit. We need more truth without compromise being pro- proclaimed out there. Paul says about Jesus in 2 Corinthians 3.12, Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. We need more people with bold speech. Now, I'm not trying to fluff myself up, but I'll tell you, being on the radio, being on Set for Life, that Set for Life logo that that I have, that thing scares me because I put this out all over the radio, and I know that so many people around the world are listening to my voice and, oh, you're bold, Ray, go get them. But yet, I understand the, the potential consequences of what could happen if people don't like what I'm saying. But we need more people to be bold and and say what God's word literally says. That's why I'm doing everything I can. And, friend, you can do the same thing. You can read God's word and then go speak it. And don't be afraid of what people really say back to you. I mean, I know that we saw Micaiah was insulted for what he said. And over the years, I've taken my own insults as well. As a matter of fact, I lost most of my friends when I became a pastor. It was a miserable time, to be honest. But I've been blessed many times over for being a pastor, but I've been insulted many times myself. I want to give you some assurance. If, you're, if you want to read God's word and go out and proclaim it bold, bold like Micaiah did, without compromise, it's hard. But I want to give you some assurance in this. Romans 15.3 says, The insults of those who insulted you fell on me. See, friends, when people insult you, you just let that fall on Jesus at the cross. You ever seen water run off of a duck's back? It just rolls right off their feathers and goes back into the water. When people insult you, 
know that it stays off of you and it rolls off and lands on Jesus Christ. He already dealt with that. He already took it. And the people that insult you, they can't hide from God any more than Ahab could hide from God with a disguise on. And I know that we have to live in our society today with wicked people that are just like Ahab was, that are pushing this agenda. They, they hate the Lord. But I want you to keep in mind how both Jehoshaphat and Ahab, they were both in the same exact battle. They were both in a hostile environment, but they were two different guys with two different markings on them. One of them was marked for destruction, and one of them was marked for salvation. The one who was marked for destruction was destroyed, but Jehoshaphat was saved, and the enemy turned away from him and left him alone. Friends, it depends on the marking that you have. I know we are all in the same battle out there with wicked people, but you need your good marking. If you have not yet given your life to Jesus Christ and you're living in willful sin, I hope you realize today that you can also get the mark of the Holy Spirit upon your life. You're going to need that because you want to be set apart from those who are marked for destruction. Don't worry about the insults they throw at you. Speak boldly God's truth, abide in it, study his word, and live with your mark of salvation, the Holy Spirit that you get through the, through the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. But also one thing, too, there's a lot of fakers out there. They, they try to dress the part. They try to act the part. They look saved. I hope you realize today that you cannot fake your faith in front of real believers. The 400 prophets, they put on a really, really good show but they did not fool a believer like Micaiah. I can tell you I'm a guitar player, but if you honest to God put a guitar in my hands, I cannot play it. No matter how much I talk it up that I can, (laughs) you're not going to hear music if I try to strum a guitar. I just don't have it. And so you can't fool a real believer with a fake show. The horns, oh, you're going to kill him like this. You know, he's trying to look all big. They were prophesying and all this show that was a dog and pony show. You can't fake that because Jehoshaphat knew something was wrong. Micaiah certainly showed him what was wrong. But even after all of this that happened, Ahab was attracted to the very wickedness that walked him right straight into his destruction. Friends, I'm going to tell you. If you're playing with sin and you're like, well, I'll repent of everything, but not these sins here. These sins I want to keep. And I know the Lord wants me to stop it, but I want to keep it. That's exactly the sin that's going to draw you to your end. I mean, that's the deception. That's how foolish it is. It's like the stupid bug that goes into the zap light. I mean, why would you do that? You're probably looking at this today. Ahab, why'd you just walk straight in? Friends, I'm trying to ask you too. If you're keeping that sin in your life that you won't get rid of it, Why are you walking right into your destruction? That's where you're headed. No, but God talks to me. Well, that's what the 400 thought too. They thought it was God. You can't fake this out. You cannot fake your faith in front of real believers. They're going to spot you. Ahab was attracted to his, his sin, his hatred. It walked him right into destruction. And guys, nobody was responsible for Ahab except for Ahab. He was responsible for himself. I want you to know that your attraction to sin will cause you to walk right in to your own end as well, and nobody is going to be responsible for you except for you. It's only going to be on you. Mommy and daddy aren't going to be there to speak on on your behalf at the judgment of God. 
you're not going to have lawyers come with you. You're not going to have any, anybody. And it, you're, you're just, it's just going to be you and God. It's just you and him. Don't just walk right into that. I want to tell you something you can walk right into, though. You can walk right in to salvation. Did you know that? Friends, Jesus died on the cross so that we can have the responsibility of our sin transferred over to him so that the responsibility won't stay on you. It'll go to Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago on the cross. You remember how Ahab despised such a despised death. He was brought down from the royalty of being a king. He was up there, okay? And his blood spilled among dogs and prostitutes, the rejected, the filth of society. Friends, I want you to know that Jesus Christ died a despised death, and he died that death for you and me. He died for us. He spilled his blood for our sin, for the despised for the rejected. Isaiah 53 and 3. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Friends, maybe during this story you thought about Ahab and you thought, man, Ahab, all you had to do was listen. You walked right in. You had all the foreknowledge given to you, and you just walked straight in. Why didn't you just listen? Friends, I'm trying to tell you the same thing. I'm giving you foreknowledge of what's coming. If you don't repent of your sin and get right with the Lord, you have condemnation coming in a literal place called hell. So if you were going to ask Ahab, why didn't you listen? Let me quote to you the same thing that Micaiah said. He said this. He said, Mark my words, all you people. John 3.18 The one who believes in him is not judged. The one who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Well, friends, I hope you heard that. If you wanted Ahab to listen, all you had to do was listen. Then, friends, I'm telling you, all you got to do is listen. Give your life to Jesus today, would you? Pray with me. Father, forgive me. I sinned. I'm sorry. You gave me plenty of warning. You gave me a lot of mercy, a lot of grace. I'm sorry, Lord God. I get it now. I want to get right with you. Forgive me. I messed up. I fully admit that. I bow before you in submission. I'm sorry. Thank you for dying in my place, Lord Jesus. I accept your gift of eternal life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Friend, you need to abide in the Word of God. You need to open that book and read it. You don't have to understand everything right off the bat. There's mysteries in there, I I know. You're not going to get it all, but at least start somewhere. Start reading the Word of God, and if this program helped you today, I want you to go to setforliferadio.com. Drop me a line. Let me know what it did for you. I'd love to hear from you. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Hope you listen to that. You can do something about it today and walk right in to eternal life. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life 
is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set.